want to hone in on um, really a theme for why we're here, um, a theme for, I think, what happens in the body of Christ, uh, a theme for what I hope to be happening in your individual lives. And uh, this is the story that we've been connecting with, and it's the story about transformation. Now, we all are, are eager and excited about the hope of connecting with Christ and the freedom that that gives us. But what good is freedom when you are locked into a same old condition, a same lifestyle, a same rhythm and pattern? And I'm excited to say that a part of the good news that Christ has come to give to us is that he, yes, frees us, but he also says that I want you to look more like me every single day. And that looking more like him every single day is the word of transformation. How many people are hungry and happy about the hope of transformation? Amen? Yes, yes. That's a theme. That's a rhythm that often in the body of Christ that we lose. And so that's really what we want to communicate today, that transformation is uh, for us all. Uh, everybody who is uh, uh, a lack or is experiencing lack, who is experiencing loss, who's ex who are, are experiencing oppression uh, that comes from being in the, the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. Uh, there's a hope of not only freedom and new life, but there's a hope of transformation as well. But there's something that happens to us in our own natural human experience. And Pastor Anthony, if we can get this next slide, and I want to apologize for it. Uh, this is just uh, sometimes pictures uh, help me process information. And so I want to say, first of all, uh, forgive me, England, because this is kind of a political uh, um, picture or satire or whatever they call it, uh, kind of making a, a comment around what happens in their political system. Uh, but what strikes to me is that this is a, a word picture that is really, um, it connects to all of our human experience. And that is, is when we find ourselves in a place where there's something that needs to change, uh, a lot of times we get out and by our own initiative, by our own work, we start to do things to help change things, right? And one of the things that we find out is once we are doing that, and it's a part of uh, apart from God's plan, we, we, we notice and recognize that we end up digging ourselves into a deeper, deeper hole. I love the wisdom of Marlon. One time he says that, man, my own best decisions have gotten me into the position that I think I'm in right now. And that's true for all of us when we are hurt, when we are in despair, when we're trying to figure out how to resolve a conflict uh, with our spouse or maybe even rectify things with our children. We, we put our own human knowledge, our own human wisdom to work and then find out that that really doesn't lead us too much of anywhere. I think that's the story behind addiction. It's part of it at least. Uh, that's the story behind uh, frayed relationships. That's the story behind uh, uh, things that, um, again, that don't satisfy uh, uh, when we try to be the solution to our own issues and our own problems. And um, I want to say that that's not a part of the story of transformation. Part of the story of the rhythm of transformation that Christ has given to us uh, is, is, is a little bit different. And so um, I love uh, our Bible study earlier today. Uh, we were talking about the resurrection and, and the interactions with Peter and Jesus. And um, one of the things that we fail to recognize is that that, is, that, 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 that picture of being our own solution, uh, that's been with us you know, for a long, long time. And uh, if we can pull up that uh, Matthew uh, chapter and that Matthew uh, slide, and I just want to look at uh, a principle here in Matthew chapter 16, uh, and you can 
go back and, and, and read this for yourself later on, but I want to give a, a snapshot of, of, again, what happens to a lot of us when we are looking at a problem from our own, in, through our own eyes and we're trying to seek our own solution. So everybody remembers the time when Jesus said to, to Peter, Peter, get thee behind me because you don't savor or treasure or your heart isn't connected to the things of God, but rather the things of man. And that to me is a really, really, really interesting exchange that, that, that the Lord had with, with Peter because uh, what preceded that, uh, the Lord was telling to, to Peter his answer to all of our problems, all of our sin, and, and how the Lord intended to rescue us. And the, 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 the answer that he gave is that I'm going to lay down my life, and in three days I'm going to rise again. And Peter, in this Matthew chapter 16 passage, as he was enjoying all of the good things that Jesus had to bring during his earthly ministry. And I want to just draw our attention back to, you know, again, how he was solving issues of people who are sin-filled with, with the demonic oppression and, and how he was uh, answering problems with, with people who uh, were um, looking at this tension between uh, how do I actually embrace and walk in new life. Uh, and Jesus was was, 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 was meeting people's practical needs. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that the disciples and, and the people were, were thrilled with this Jesus who was in the flesh and who was solving problems. And I thought uh, today in our earlier Bible study, uh, it was reflected upon the fact that many people maybe had the mindset that this is our time, the, the nation of the Jews, to be able to have this king that we're going to rise up and overthrow the political government, the political um, authority that is, that is over us. And so that was part of their mindset. That was a part of their, their solution. They thought that that was the thing that Jesus was up to. And so when Jesus said, no, I'm going to lay down my life and in three days rise again, Peter, in his own reasoning, with his own resources, with his own ability to understand information, he pulls Jesus aside and he rebukes him and says, Jesus, this is not going to happen to you. Peter's answer somehow was far better than the living word's answer to our circumstance and our situations. And it was out of that that Jesus said to him, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because you don't savor the things of God, but rather the things of man. And I want to tell you that when I had that picture up of people kind of unshoveling and, and, and kind of working ourselves out of our own circumstances and problems, when we look at our responses to things that, that are oppressing us or, or, or issues that are holding us back by our mind, um, we don't think about how serious our own answer is when it comes to what God is trying to do. Like, I think when we have our own solutions to things, when we, when we choose our own uh, um, uh, options as opposed to what God is communicating to us, it is almost like I can just see it, Jesus saying, get thee behind me, Satan. You're not treasuring in your solution the things of God, but rather the things of man. So I want to encourage us as we talk about this this rhythm or this process of transformation for us to lean into what the answer is. And the answer is the word, amen? The word made flesh, the word in the scriptures. I want to just boldly proclaim 
to us today that every single problem that we have to endure, every single uh, issue uh, that we have to confront, every single hurdle, be it financial, be it political, be it relational, every single one has its answer rooted in the scriptures. That's the story that has been playing out time and time again, even at Freedom Works, when we see people moving from darkness to light, moving from looking like an old man to now like the years are just falling off. That's Sean Driscoll. Every time I see him, I say, Sean, brother, you look years like different. You're younger now. There's a spring in your step and you're not, you know, kind of stumbling along. That's the power of the gospel in our lives. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about the process. Um, our focus verse, I think it was published in your bulletins, is Romans chapter 12. And uh, it is this, uh, uh, this drive or this desire that, that the, the Lord is communicating to us as he's teaching us how to engage in this world around us, right? And I believe that this is true at salvation. I believe that it's true with the practical areas of our life. Uh, struggles that we go through. I think it's true with, uh, even as you are sanct being sanctified and you're growing up in your faith, that this process is something that is vital for us all to pay attention to, lest we be guilty of the Lord saying to us, you do not savor the things of God, but rather the things of man. So transformation is, should be the standard, it should be the norm, but we've got to do it his way. So Romans chapter 12 says, uh, don't be conformed to the ways of this life, the standards of this world, right? But rather be, excuse me, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may be able to prove what is the perfect will of God, right? That's pretty much what you have in your, in your scriptures right there before you. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So don't be conformed. Being conformed is like Peter looking at his world, looking at his surroundings, and coming up with his own conclusions, right? Uh, for us, being conformed to the ways of this world is, boy, I've got stress, and I'm depressed, and I don't know if I have purpose and hope, and so I'm going to escape that through alcohol, through drugs, through uh, inappropriate sexual connections. I'm going to be my own answer. That's conforming to the world because that's what the world does. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. The Lord says, don't be conformed. Don't take that exit route. Being conformed means that in my marital relationship, there's tension. Instead of, of, of taking an opportunity to kind of slow down to say, okay, where's my responsibility and where's my spouse's responsibility? And to reconcile, uh, we just kind of subtly build up walls and bricks, right? So that there's this thing that is just becomes impossible to overcome. That's what the world teaches us. That's conforming to their system, not being transformed by the renewing of our minds. When Christ says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, right? But rather, Pursue reconciliation with your brother. Pursue reconciliation with your sister. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your minds. Now, somehow in our culture, we think that being renewed in our minds means finding that TED Talk that's on YouTube. You know, we subject search, you know, uh, whatever it is that we're trying to get wisdom around, and that's what we anchor in, right? 
I'm going I'm to tell you that there may be wisdom there. There's good things there. But if it's not rooted in the word of God, at some point, at some time, it's going to fail. There's not the same power that's there that's going to give you the ability to overcome and to be victorious. I'm a living witness of that, grabbing all kinds of worldly wisdom, all kinds of worldly approaches that would help, again, uh, uh, the good things on its surface. But in the end, through the process of time, it doesn't satisfy. It's only the word of God that satisfies. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how do we renew our mind? We renew our mind by attending to the word of God. Again, I communicated earlier, every single answer that we need is rooted in God's scripture. And Jesus, who becomes the word, or the word, Jesus, the word made flesh, right? By, by attending and submitting ourselves to his person and in his work, transformation is there when that occurs. But then day by day, as we look at issues and, 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 and areas of how to approach circumstances and problems, if we can agree with what God's word is as it is written, there's life and there's power there. Amen? So as I'm communicating now then, what is an easy way for us to walk away from what the process of transformation is? Uh, for some reason, I had in my mind, uh, let's come up with a nice acronym that makes things like concise and clear. And uh, so the word picture that came to my mind is in this next slide. And that is, what, what is that? An oar. I'm glad that everyone didn't say a paddle. <laughs> that is indeed, if you would have said a paddle, my head would have blown up. I would not have known uh, what to do. Uh, it is definitely an oar. And the beautiful thing about an oar is that this is a tool that is used when you're in some kind of device that floats on water. And if you want to move in a direction, you need some type of oar, right? It steers, it propels, you need an oar. So as we kind of uh, uh, talk about this principle of, of, of transformation and the process that we lean into, uh, I want you to be thinking about an oar. And if we can take the next slide, uh, the O, the A, and the R um, communicates uh, different things. And I want to let you know that uh, the or, the first uh, letter in the or, we're going to do that one? All right. So this is an important thing to, for us to, to pay attention to. Um, the rhythm of transformation is a process. Whether it's the, 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 the time that you are saying yes to Jesus to the time that you are growing in your faith, looking more like him day by day, that is a process. And a lot of times in our mind, we feel like um, it's just the light switch thing. Right. So uh, we we come and we uh, say yes to Jesus and there's the light switch and then we're just on and just on for forever. And somehow, miraculously, everything that defies what the word of God says that is in us, uh, somehow it just magically and practically just disappears. And there's nothing further from the truth. Uh, but the way that the Holy Spirit works in us is day by day, moment by moment, circumstance by circumstance. At his will and in his timing, he pulls things out of us so that we look more like him every single day. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that the person that you are five years ago, as Holy Spirit is pulling things out of you, when he looks at you, he says, I love you. You're a beautiful bride. You're perfect. You're everything that I need. But you still got stuff in you that don't look right, right? But he still accepts you and loves you. You're fully justified at that moment. But five years later, as you've attended to that process of sanctification and as he's pulled things out of you, did you know that the Lord Jesus still looks at you the same way? 
He loves you. You're fully accepted. There's a full embrace. There's, there's no tension that's there. But it's because you've attended to the process. I believe that the only time that we have tension and we get like the, the discipline of the Holy Spirit is when we decide that when he like shines a light on something that is in our life that we are supposed to address, anger or uh, um, the language that we use or how we spend our time or resources, when we just dig our heels in and decide my path or my way is better, that's when we have tension. It doesn't mean that the love is gone. It just means that there's, uh, there's tension there in the relationship. So transformation is a process. Amen? Clearly understood? All right. So if you don't believe me, continue to read your scriptures. Let's take this first piece. Uh, we're going to look at the acronym of O. o. Uh, the O there is every single one of us, we always have an opportunity. We have an opportunity where we have full inventory of what's going on in the world around us. Uh, if we don't pay a, a full attention of the world around us, I believe that we're walking as blind fools and we cannot grow. If you can't be honest about yourself or to yourself about your circumstance and your situation, you'll never fully be able to arrive at a sound answer. Okay? So we all have an opportunity to be able to say, there's a situation that needs to be addressed in my life. We all have that opportunity. When we look back at Peter, uh, his opportunity was when Jesus said to him, uh, hey, there's a problem in this world. There's a lot of disjointedness and disconnection. And so Peter had the opportunity at that moment to say, okay, yeah, that's, I agree with you that there's problems and there's issues that's going on in this world. Okay, for us, whatever it is that God is shining a light on in terms of our character or things that need to grow, uh, uh, whether it's the freedom from uh, 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 an unhealthy uh, connection with things that are outside of ourselves to give us peace or rest, whatever that circumstance is, we always have clear sight of what the opportunity of growth is. The Lord will be very specific with us about things that need to be addressed or things that need to be changed. We won't be blinded or surprised by how God is challenging us in our character and, and in our life. So we all have an opportunity. Amen? So say with me, opportunity. That's the setting that's around your life. Okay, that's the first step of transformation. Be honest and real about those relationships. Be honest and real about um, those triggers in your life that will cause you to make a decision, whatever it is. Uh, be honest about discomfort like things that are making you uncomfortable in your life. Be honest. That's the first step of transformation. Let's take this next slide. The next slide is the A. And this is, I think, is uh, a very important uh, next step because uh, when you get an opportunity to be honest, you've got to find the answer. You've got to find um, what God is saying to us in your circumstance and in your situation. So a lot of times when I said earlier, we, we run to earthly wisdom or we run to worldly comforts or we run to things that the world is saying that this is how we need to bend our ear or attend to things. Um, this is that place of deception a lot of times or where we can take on bad information. And again, I want to communicate once again that the answer for every single problem or circumstance 
can be found in the word of God. It is there for us. It's there for our taking. And so uh, it is vital for us to be intimate with our scripture. Know what the word of God says about whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're enduring. And I want to tell you that there's the beauty in how God has designed his kingdom in that, yes, we have the, the relationship that we have with, with Christ when we, when we bow our, our knee and we're redeemed. And, and there's power that comes from walking in that relationship. And, and, and there's power that comes. And it's beautiful when, when, when you're, you're like just minding your own business and you're reading scripture in your, in your own devotional life. And, and God brings out a principle to you that, that makes a ton of sense. But I want to tell you that God also gives you the answer in the body of believers that is around you. So I want to encourage you to lean into Christian community and Christian fellowship. That is the thing that's been the blessing and been the answer for so many of us at FreedomWorks. The answer. And then finally, I want to tell you that uh, we have an R. And this, uh, hands down, I believe is the most important piece for us as we talk about and as we lean into transformation. And that is our response. Okay, we got the opportunity, we have the answer, Jesus' answer to Peter in Matthew chapter 16 is that I'm going to die, and Peter's response was he could have agreed with that, and even if he didn't quite fully understand, he could have just um, said, okay, we're going to see how this plays out, or he could fight against that. For all of us, when the Lord gives us his answer, when he gives us his direction of how we're going to um, escape, we have an opportunity to respond by agreeing with God's perspective, his standard, his methodology, his way of, of, of escape, or we can fight against that. And I want to tell you that real transformation comes when we say yes to his will, to his way, and in his time. Amen? Amen. So the last is a challenge for us as I land the plane here uh, for us this morning. And it comes just with a question. And the question for us all is, what are you doing with your oar? What are you doing with the opportunities that are making themselves available to you? Are you proactively using that thing to move forward in life? Whether it is taking advantage of mission opportunities to give your life away whether it is challenging personal sin in your life or discomfort, whether it's taking that risk of being a blessing to a friend or a neighbor, what are you doing with your oar in terms of your obedience to God's scripture as he provides you the answer for those various opportunities in your life? My fear is that the older that we become in Christ, the more rooted and grounded that we become in the gospel, that the gospel becomes more like a monument. And we treat this process of transformation more like something that we stick on the wall and talk about the remember wins as opposed to the this is what's happening now. My friends, we will never stop being transformed by a living God who loves us, who is passionate about us, and who wants us to look more like him every single day. If for whatever reason you've stalled in that work of transformation, let me just encourage you to take a time to reconnect with the Lord. Repent of that activity 
Ask him to make you alive to the principles of opportunity around you, make you alive to his answer, and give courage to step into an appropriate response. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.